0: If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal DiStefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this episode of Mind
1: Pump, so the introductory portion of this episode is about 37 minutes long. We start out by talking about the mimicking of Octopus. Finally. <laughs> Apparently, they're brilliant creatures.
2: Yeah, I've been trying to, to talk about this for a while.
1: Then we talked about pop culture and meme culture's impact on culture, overall culture. I said culture like 10 times culture, there. Culture, culture, culture. Then we talked about a little bit of the controversy around uh, Elliot Hulse's uh, posts on Instagram and You're my comments. you say idiot right there? I almost <laughs> <laughs> Iliot. Freudian slip. Then we talked about some interesting fart facts. Uh, Justin, love that part.
2: <laughs> Thank you for bringing the science today, Sam.
1: And then we admitted the horrible things that we've done to other people when we were children.
2: Again, I wish we wouldn't have brought this up.
1: Then we get into the fitness portion of this episode. Uh, the first question was, if we had to budget $1,000 to build a home gym, what would the essentials be? So we talk about all the things you can buy for under $1,000, put in your home gym, and give you the best results uh, with your home workouts. Now, we did mention... One of our sponsors, PRX Performance. Obviously. <laughs> they make amazing at-home exercise equipment. If you go to prxperformance.com forward slash mindpump and use the code pump, you'll get 5% off your total uh, price and a free MAPS Prime program. Also, we mentioned uh, Justin's new pre-workout, Organifi Red Juice mixed with Organifi Pure.
2: Dude, tell me people aren't going to try that out.
1: They're gonna love it. Uh, they are one of our sponsors. If Gotta go name to or- it. Or- Organifi. Oh, that's right. You
2: guys have your own names. <laughs> that's the great. Kermit oh, so the ju- and then
1: the, the, the Christmas, Christmas blend. Yeah. Yeah. What do I have? The Justin Brain Blend. <laughs> Justin's Brain Blend. <laughs> that's, that's lame. Let's work on that. Uh, we'll work on it. Anyway, yeah. go to organifycom forward slash Mind Pump. Use the code Mind Pump for twenty percent off. The next fitness question was, uh, why are there incline presses and flies in our maps programs, but we never put in decline presses? Do we have a personal agenda against the decline or is it just a ineffective exercise? And the next question, uh, traditional stance deadlifts or sumo dance, stance deadlifts? Easy for me to say. Which one is better and why or are they both good? And the final question, uh, do you work on mobility during long rest periods in between sets? So instead of just sitting there and resting, should you do mobility work in between? We give you our advice uh, about that in that part of the episode, mm. and also I'd like to mention that Maps Performance, our functional fitness program, the one that's designed for people who want to move and look like athletes, use those muscles, is fifty percent off. Just go to MapsFitnessProducts.com and use the code Green50. G R E E N five zero, no space for that discount. We need to give Justin an opportunity. There's been something he's been trying to bring Guys. up for the last 15 episodes. Kill, oh my I,
3: god! I want to play that prank though on him, where we you just every time he goes to tell the story, we interrupt. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you mean you mean regular you mean prank like every episode? Uh, oh, real, real good prank. All
1: right, Justin, the floor is yours.
2: Yeah, no. Okay. What I wanted to bring up, I watched this. Like, I am enamored by animals, and this is an animal that everybody talks about: octopus being super intelligent. And they were getting into the mimicking octopus, and I was like enamored by this thing. It was—is
1: this where it makes itself look like a rock or look like?
2: Yes. So not uh, only does it change the color of itself to mimic whatever environment it's around, but the texture of it. So it could actually, if it's around a a rock, like it'll actually form all these like pits and just like the rock. But not only that, like uh, it it could it could mimic itself as like a um, one of these uh, sea snakes. And so it looks just like a sea snake, so that way when the predator's there, like they don't want to hang out around the sea snake. It also has like the ability to um when you when you cut one of its arms off, I guess. So the thing about octopus, they're really intelligent because it's dispersed all over their body. Their so, brain. Their brain. Oh, so look. So their 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 leg can actually distract uh, a predator, if it gets like bitten off or whatever, it can distract them and like s- try and strangle them on its own.
1: Well, look at that. Look what it's doing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've seen this before. Well, the- it's like one of the coolest animals. I, I was like, holy well, shit. Well, first thing I want to know is what is the plural name of, like, if there's more than one octopus, is it octopussies? Uh, octopus pus. <laughs> is it, or is it octopi? Octo- octopi. Octopi. O- octo- what is that? What a, Don't look to me for the grammar. Yeah, I don't Because <laughs> I almost pussies. want to say, yeah, I don't want to say octopussies because uh, that sounds that sounds. It's a, it's a gang of octopi.
3: Now, Justin, is this the same one? Have you seen? Uh, and I think it's on the the latest uh, Planet Earth. They they also are smart enough to hunt with other fish. Hmm. So there's there's an octopus, and I don't know if that's the same one, but it will it'll actually use fish as a decoy to fish out other animals that it that it's oh i've seen that yeah no i don't think
2: it's the same one so it'll go so
3: it'll do is it'll it'll wait for because it knows like okay this this type of fish or this species is is hunting whatever it is that he hunts to or is it a he a she it Uh, either yeah, it could be either one. A, there are male um, and female. They are male female, yeah. Okay. They, so they do, they do mate. Yeah. So, I don't
1: think they have as many genders as humans do. <laughs> uh, yeah, so like right. I wanted to be... I wanted to be... <laughs> you wanted to be yeah, make sure. It's very
2: <laughs>
3: binary. I wanted to be politically correct yeah, 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 here. Yeah, I yeah. Didn't Non-binary. Crucified yeah, for yeah, that, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it'll, it'll hide out, like Justin's saying, where it like, looks like a rock, and then it, the, it'll wait for the other fish to kind of like fish out the other fish, and then it'll be just waiting and just whack. So what's
1: weird about this is they obviously... Because you have your own uh, perception and experience as a human, right? It's very unique. And all animals have their own experience. Think about the senses, like what that must be like for for an octopus to be able to be on something and whatever sense they have, mimic it. You know what I'm saying? And their body just morphs into what they're on well how weird is that
2: it's crazy to me just because and i've heard that all the time like why why would they think that octopus are like more intelligent or like the one of the more intelligent species out there and it's just like there's those abilities where you're just it trips me out because think if think if you had the the type of neural connection like on your appendages as you do in your brain like so you're just like Everything can problem solve like away from you
1: well here's the weird thing is it's not a conscious thing, you know what I'm saying like yeah. is it just happening for the octopus it's in, yeah, it's instinct, or are oh, they right. consciously aware probably well, not obviously humans are the, are the are the conscious creatures
3: well, we do i mean it have you ever caught yourself like mimicking the the facial expressions of the person you're communicating with, yeah, or sometimes even lipping what they're saying, sure. Like you see, that with babies too. You yeah, smile, they smile. Yeah. Like, so we, I think we we have this that we maybe we don't train it because we don't need it for survival, but it's like we have a well. A, that's
1: similar. You know what's funny about that is uh, when they do studies on men, when men are around men and women, when when men are around women that they're attracted to, their voice lowers slightly, in, like down an voice. octave. Like, yeah. Baby. And and but it's it's if you heard them. You wouldn't necessarily perceive it, <laughs> but a computer can pick up the lowering of the voice that yeah. mat- happens.
2: Like, hey naturally. guys, uh, and then it's some hot chick. Hey, hey
3: there. Anyway, I was uh, whatever. And, <laughs> and
1: with women, when they're around a man that they are attracted to, their voice slightly elevates, mm-hmm. and it's and it's all it's all subconscious. Yep. So you know what makes me what's funny about this, right? Is what if like your girl? What if they now now someone's going to make it watch? What if there was an app you can have on your phone? Where your girl can just turn it on when you're talking to a chick,
3: mm-hmm. and then she will be like, "You
1: like her?" Don't you be like, "No, I don't." she will be like, "You sure about that?" Like the app yeah. shows that your voice look went down the,
3: slightly. Look at your tone. Yeah, This <laughs> is <Yeah. Let's look laughs> your tone. You, I know Justin was. Were you? Were you a Seinfeld fan? Did you watch a little bit? So I told you guys. Did I tell you guys mm-hmm. this that I'm um, taking Katrina all the way back through it? Like, so oh, that's fun. That's kind of like the how we settle down at night right now is you know we'll watch one or two episodes of Seinfeld. So last night's episode, and I forgot this. It's so old, right? Uh, there's an episode where Elaine's friend is hitting on Jerry and Jerry's telling her like, Hey, your friend, you know, Nancy was, you know, totally hitting on me. She's like, what? No, she wasn't. She's married. She would never do that. Right. And he's like, I swear she was ask her when you see her. So I'm going to call her right now. So she gets on the phone and she calls and her husband picks up, but her husband has a woman's voice. And so she just starts I heard you flirt with Jerry and this and that talking and it's the the husband's voice. And that happens like multiple times in the episode. Oh I don't remember. Where this guy one. has a total woman's voice and it's hilarious. You just reminded me of that. That was last yeah. night we were watching that episode. Mm. She's dying. She loves it. She loves it. Can't believe that she's never oh, been introduced that's great to it. Writing. Yeah. That
2: I'm doing the same, but like the office. So Courtney and I have gone through like the entire office. We're about caught up to like where they ended.
1: Well, we started watching uh sex education on Netflix. Good, huh? It's hilarious really good yeah really. it is so yeah it's like it can't i mean it's definitely not what real life would be like cuz they do shit on there they're like yeah this would never happen but it's hilarious the way the writing is and it's it's all around sex obviously and it's about these kids uh, in the school. I've only watched two episodes. His mom's a sex
3: therapist. Yes,
1: yeah. and then one of the, and then his he becomes kind of the sex therapist for the school, and that's yeah. how he gets popular
3: and stuff. Great and so premise.
1: Yes, it's really really funny.
3: So, you know, someone was telling me that this is common because I, I've been bouncing around uh, with, between Netflix and Amazon, and I did I don't really watch that much uh, or that many series on Amazon. But someone was telling me that it's really common for Amazon to run a show for two or three seasons and then cut it. And that, I wonder if they're just testing it. Well, so well, that's a long test. Three app, three seasons. Oh, three yeah, seasons. It's expensive. Yeah, and so I guess they're they're all seeking that home run. And I remember watching a, I think it was a TED talk on this, and they talked about mm. uh, the the there's like a majority of shows that are quote unquote good shows that perform well enough and then there's those like one-off like Seinfeld that just off the charts mm-hmm. just for some reason everybody loves everybody loves it and every every uh you know platform is is seeking that because that, I mean when you get that home run hit I mean it's something you can carry on for seasons and so I guess it's they're notorious for starting a season and just looking to see if it's going to be that home run and even if it's a good show you like it uh, they sometimes cut it, and for- well, think about the metrics that they have over
1: the viewing habits of their consumers. Like, you can li- not only can you see how fast people are consuming, in the sense that, oh, you know, people are binge watching the show, or this this is how much time they're spending on it in a row. Yeah, Th- those metrics are valuable. So if you see like that, because there's that that binge watching quality that you're now able to.
3: Um, you're able to, to measure where you couldn't measure that before. Sometimes I wonder though, because we didn't have the level of metrics that we have now, like when Seinfeld first started. and what was going through my head as I was watching it last night again with with Katrina was, man, this was so much a part of the culture when I was a kid to the point that as I'm re-watching it, I'm remembering I used to bite all this shit. and we yeah. my friends and I would say that. like that was what you if you were a cool kid, you had to be able to roll like that. You yeah. had to be have. You had yeah. to been up and up on the last episode that just went last you'd just week. Be like Newman, you're, exactly. You, know, you just and say you, something like that here. Why did I say that? Right, and yeah. you would have to be able to. You'd have to be able to stay up with it, or else you're not cool. You're not up on what's what's hot and what's trending. And so sometimes I think the 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 culture feeds into the uh, the part of it becoming something greater than oh, it just being a hit show. You know what it against- is now? Mm-hmm.
1: Now it's memes. So like uh, Bird Box, oh, Bird yeah. Box spurred a and created a, a huge meme culture around it where it's all kinds of different things. And it's the picture of Sandra Bullock with the, you yep. know, with the blindfold, um, the fire documentary that just came out. There's two of them, right? One on Hulu, one on Netflix. And you're starting to see me, and that, that's creating and spurring on a bunch of memes as well. Did you see the Pornhub
3: one? That I just- no. What? You didn't see it? <laughs> no. What was it? Oh, dude, I can't believe you didn't see the Pornhub one. I did. Somebody. So uh, this is what I love about our listeners, is they totally get us, and they send me stuff as soon as, as soon as we talk about something. So it's a picture of Jaw Rule and Billy, and mul- and it says, uh, "Millennials will say uh, Fire Festival was their Vietnam." and it's a picture of the two of them and they're on a hub thing it says best friends brutally fuck entitled millennials for fun oh <laughs> <terrible>. <laughs> oh roasted that's terrible. so good though uh, dude so but yeah, good but yeah
1: the meme culture is now uh, a part of that oh, whole it's everywhere thing. Yeah, yeah a part of that entire thing so but you know pop culture is driven american culture for a long time now yeah. it's uh, very influential it drives yeah. attitudes You can clearly see the attitudes of Americans for example around um, homosexuality and gay marriage when uh, will and Grace when that show really count Ellen and then Will and Grace the, the the attitudes towards homosexuality really started to change rapidly because you had you know nice funny great, Gay people on your TVs, you know, once a week or whatever in millions of households.
3: Yeah. You hit with the main ones right there. What were all the other ones? What were the other ones that really catapulted that? Those you, were the big ones. Yeah. And Frasier. Mm. And Frasier. Yeah. But, the-
1: but, but Will and Grace was, was I mean, because remember when Ellen, Ellen came out of the closet on her show and then it got canceled shortly afterwards? Will and Grace, they were openly gay and that that was part of the show. Yeah. And it made, it really changed people's attitudes. Same thing with like, um, uh, I love Lucy. That was the first uh, televised interracial uh, relationship, uh, that's right? Yeah, you know, because he was Cuban and she Cuban, right? Wasn't he Cuban? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he was Cuban. And she was obviously, you know, white American, or whatever. And so that was kind of risky and different, um, showing uh, people sleeping in the same bed. That was a big deal at one well, point. Well, in the
2: real world, when that first came out, like Puck and all that, and like how they they highlighted people like that didn't. They had all these stereotypes going in. It was almost like they sought out the most like polar opposite people they could and just stuffed them in a house mm-hmm. and gave them a bunch of alcohol. That became a thing for a long time. Yeah,
1: it's it's um, now I wonder if pop culture driving culture, it's it's you start to get pushback sometimes, don't you? What do you mean? Do You guys feel like that? Like what do you mean? like if you feel like they're pushing too hard with certain things, people start to kind of pull back. But yeah. I guess the viewership is what dictates that. Well, I don't know about that with, with- Speaking of pop culture, I think like I th- if they push too hard, you know what I mean. With when well, you, and it starts to like reek of uh agenda. Like, Well, okay, oh, okay that's di- yeah. so that's you different.
3: I'm to me, I, I don't I don't categorize that as pop culture. You say something like that, and I think about like the post that Elliot Holst just did the other day, and you commented on it. Is right now the and we and we we had Warren Farrell on here, right, with the boy crisis. Oh, right, and. I think that the that was a really good episode for a lot of people to listen to, regardless of what side of the fence that you're on. That And the way we present information isn't, uh, we don't have an agenda. It's like, this is informative. Let's have a great discussion about it. We have opinions. Yeah, we have opinions, sure. but not so strong to where we're not open to listening to either side of the opinions. And, and I don't think any of us take a very hard stance on that. And then you see some people, like what you see is going on with Elliot. And I've, you know, I've followed Elliot Hulse for a really long time. And you know once when we did the podcast with him afterwards I kind of he kind of fell out of favor for me cuz he was one of the few people I really didn't care for that much just didn't come off very authentic I felt like when he was on the show he was he present turned on his- Yeah he was presenting yeah. instead of being real with all of us but we were early on in the show and that was the first time meeting so I haven't really I'm not one to judge over that but just mm. kind of my my gut instinct on him and now recently what I see he's doing He's taken a he's drawn a line in the sand and I think it's a really dangerous place making to be. He's a lot of
2: hard stances, yeah, as of late. It's interesting to watch like cuz yeah, didn't he have one recently like uh, like coming out with like a Trump hat and like all this type of like very like politically like okay, I'm just over here now.
1: Yeah. Then there's look, there's nothing look, if you have your opinion and you you support a, a political side, whatever, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. The right. the reason why I commented on his post cuz he's been doing a lot of these be proud to be a man, manpower, you know, kind of stuff. And I get why he's doing that. Uh, There's a, there's a political climate right now that is blaming men and masculinity and maleness on, uh, you know, pretty much everything it's, it's kind of becoming a thing. Um, and so I get the, the pushback, but the problem is the way he was pushing back and the way a lot of people are pushing back is by utilizing the same tactics. Yeah. So for example, if somebody on the other side, an, extreme, an extremist on the other side, says, you know, uh, men men are to blame for violence because, you know, most violent crimes are committed by men. So men are just violent. That's very collectivizing. It, it completely disregards the individual. It's looking at them and, and putting them all in a group and well, giving them a group identity.
3: You're playing the same game. Then. You're yeah.
1: playing the same game. If you're on the other side saying, no, men are great. We're awesome. Be proud to be a man first of all, when people are proud, I understand this. Like I'm proud to be, you know, I'll say I'm Italian. I'm proud to be Italian. I'm proud to be white. I'm proud to be black. I'm proud to be gay. First of all, uh, if you're proud to be a biological male, that's kind of silly because you didn't do anything. You were born. <laughs> yeah. So I don't understand. I made it. Yeah. It's weird that you're proud to do, to be something that you did nothing to get. You were born that way. Now, if you want, if you want to be proud for things that you've done and for your character, well that's completely different. Now why do I have a problem with the the whole proud of, of something that you've done nothing for? Because then that opens the door for people to blame you for shit you haven't done either. Hmm. So if you're proud to be a man because men are so great, uh, even though you've done nothing, then that also means that you can also be blamed for bad shit men have done even though just cuz you're a man. Right. That's playing the same game and that's the that's the, the is it's the, the same problem. issue I had with the Gillette commercial.
2: Yeah. You know, it's like okay, now you're going to categorize men as having all these bad behaviors. Like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. I've never done any of that stuff. Or none of my friends. I wouldn't associate myself with douchebags like that.
3: Well, in in the defense of Gillette and in the defense of Elliot Holes, you know, when we live in this world of, um, you know, algorithms and likes and traffic and comments that, that drive viewership and eyes, it's a pretty smart tactic and strategy to get attention initially. Right. But- it's a very dangerous game that you're playing. You're with. adding gasoline to the fire. Well, yeah, you you are, and you you are you are drawing a line in the sand, and you better hope that you have enough people to cross over with you that you can sustain, because you're most certainly going to turn off a large portion of your audience. The other thing I really don't like, and I think the thing that bothers me the most, is it, and I, and I never really noticed it until we got into the space, and we've met a lot of these. Uh, prolific fitness figures, and some of them, when they get to a point where they've reached millions of viewership, whether it be podcasting or YouTube or Instagram, a lot of them allow their egos to inflate, and sometimes I, I look at their their movements as like this cult-like thing that they're creating, and I just, it just, because I think I, you know, my parents drug me from church to church to church to denomination to denomination. And every, every year I was being told that this is the right way. This is the right way. I think I just have a disdain for that so much Mm -hmm. that when I meet somebody that calls himself a leader and then I see the way they're leading their people, I just don't like it at all.
1: When I hear someone say men are supposed to be like this and women are supposed to be like this, like I get where they're trying, to, where they're coming from, but at the same time, here's the reality: you are supposed to be whatever you want to be. It's your life. Now we can look generally at things. We can look generally at things, and and, and I can look generally at men and say, okay, generally speaking, here's an easy one. No one's gonna debate this. Generally speaking, men are physically stronger than women. Okay, that's true. So now you've got some dude who's like, I'm a man. That means I'm stronger than than a woman, and then he gets his ass kicked by Ronda Rousey. Yeah. Like that's what I mean by individual there are outliers. Yeah, out there. that's what I mean by individual variants, you know. And that's a very clear one, that's an easy one to see. And what ends up ha- and I know what's happening right now. What's happening is it's a, it's a it's a pushback. You're having all these all this stuff being blamed on men and men are bad, yeah. especially white Christian men. Yeah. Uh, in, in fact to the point where it's it's totally fine if you were to to write a media piece and say white men are to blame for this, no one's going to care. Nobody's going to give you that much. You're not going to get kicked off any platform. If you were to say that about anybody else, it would be considered racist or sexist. And so what's what's happening is they're getting pushback on the other side as an extreme type of pushback. And you're getting these two extremes. One is not right. That doesn't make the other one right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And so his approach, I think, is... Uh, I don't think it's the right approach. I think the right approach is more like, look, collectivization is wrong. People are individuals. There are these general things about men and these general things about women that are true when we look at the whole. People should be free to do what they want. Let's respect each other. And uh, if, if you're going to you know, be consistent with your ideology in the sense that, again, I am i don't like collect collectivization is the language of Marxist. It's the la- language of racists. It's the language tyrants. Of, of tyrants and uh, extreme feminists and uh, misogynists. Collectivization is wrong, always wrong because people are individuals they all are individuals you should, if you, you should you give people you give people the the and when people identify with their group
3: that's when shit gets dangerous well you, know? you should explain to the audience that doesn't understand what collectivist means because i think that was i think you chose a very uh calculated and intelligent post hmm. to comment on i me I'm, I'm a little more emotional and reactive and i was ready to lay into him when he commented under your post uh I think earlier in the week when we post you posted a picture of the three of us when we were doing the four sigmatic mask. The facials. Yeah. And he wrote under women. Yeah. And like the, the my instinct from that is like oh. that's like you're like you're like you're like it's an insult to be a woman. Yeah. Right. You know, so right away I I got defensive and I wanted to say something. And I it's it's your page. So I didn't come on and I Uh, I,
1: whatever. I mean, uh, I'm not I'm not easily offended. So, you know, you could call me whatever joke around. I like that. I like that kind of stuff sometimes. And, you know, I'm not going to call the kettle black because I I can
3: be, uh, you
1: know, when I joke around with friends,
3: I could be abrasive and. You know I don't like when people Yeah, but that was that f- was that wasn't a That I, was, I, I can that was, tell a, that was a shot across the bow. That wasn't a that wasn't a friendly sure, jab. Sure, I sure. friendly I talk shit about you two all day long. We talk shit with each other. You certainly do. But when you when you come into my sandbox and and you and you start <laughs> kicking sand in my face yeah. and we're not friends. That's not a good that's not a smart play at all in the first play. So I was already riled about that. And then I, then I that that's what caused me to go look at oh what's this guy I've been posting yeah. about for the last couple? If weeks? it was funny, it'd be different, right? Yeah. Yeah. Then I go yeah. oh yeah. look work, work on that look at this look at this cult leader right now who he's talking shit probably well, not a good <laughs> probably not <laughs> a good move leader. kid <laughs> no I don't I don't I, but
1: it's it's getting him it's getting him followers and he's getting uh. him a lot of attention so. And you he's know, going for it. and he's identifying with it. A lot of times, you see these 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 guys that identify with that, like that woo, woo. manpower. Yes, we are. And I get that. I get some of that. Like, yeah, I but what does that, that scream to you? Oh, it no, screams insecurity, insecurity, poor relationship right. with yeah. your father, yeah. uh, or you didn't have a dad, or um, and I don't know what his history is with that. So I'm not talking about him in, in particular. I'm just saying when you see that, a lot of times it's you're just you're you're screaming out your own insecurity. You know, the most secure men in my experience. Or they don't need to go out and boast about it. They, they, a secure man is a guy who, you know, like when Adam painted his toenails back when he was younger. It, you know, he'd go to the pool and he'd get attention from girls because girls are attracted to confidence. And it wasn't because he's a, trying to be a girl right. or any of that. You're just confident. You can get away with it. Um, that's that's what real confidence that's, that's is, is exa- being yourself.
3: That's exactly how I felt when he commented on the the face mask that we did. Is that we're all secure enough that we can have fun and play with something like that. We we are we are sponsored by Four Sigmatic. They have a face mask out. We're not gonna hire some girl to put it on her just because it's a face mask. It's like fuck it, we'll put it on. We'll try the product. We'll talk about the product yeah. and we'll have fun with it. You know what I'm saying? And that was our because we're secure. Yeah. And so for another man to come on there and throw a jab like that, that to me just screams, you're the insecure one that you feel the need that you have to say yeah, that. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> but I do I mean, look, I don't have any problem with with, you know, male Bonding and guys doing things that they consider right, to be guy things, right? Or anything like that, but hey, you and, know, I, and, if, and I, and I, I there's agree. a lost art there, for yes, sure. for sure.
3: And I agree with some of the points he's making, absolutely. So I want to make that clear. I like, think
1: I know what he's trying to say. It's just the way he's saying it is. Yeah. I don't think just it's needs right. to work on his delivery. You got to look. It, you, you have to be careful when you start promoting, and even if it feels right to you, like we're us over here, be proud to be this one thing that you that you're a part of because it's a group. That automatically separates you from everyone else. You start to adopt the, the characteristics of the group and you start to lose your identity. And again, this is the language of movements that has caused lots of problems in human history. This is the language of Marxists. When you're a communist, it is communist party above all else. Uh, and, and this is how they kill people. This is how they imprison people. Um, and again, this is racist. You know, we are white, or we are black, or we are oh, Mexican. The group mind is a dangerous. Yeah, yeah thing. Or, or you know, we are men, or we are women. You know, women power. We're the only. You know, it's like it, okay, everybody relax. Well, if like, you haven't well, read
3: people, if you haven't read the post, I think I think you I think you responded incredibly. I think it caused a bunch of conversation, which I think was really good that people did. Now, do you think? Because of that that post he did, because of your response to the conversations that happened after, you think he's going to back up a little bit? No, no,
1: no, no, no.
2: no
3: oh, no, you, you keep go coming. Harder. You think you think yeah. he's going to double he'll down? Keep coming hot.
1: He's going to yeah, he's going to go harder and harder. But whatever, whatever. He's teach him. Yeah, he's yeah I, said his that, camp. I said that one thing, and then that was it. It was cool. Got a lot of got a lot of got a lot of likes on it. So <laughs> yeah. no,
3: no. That I mean it. I like I like when we do stuff like that. I think going and and talking shit or calling a name is weak. I think ta- having a conversation, though, about a very touchy third rail topic right now is a is a very healthy thing for mm-hmm. people to. And I think it- I think his post, I think his intentions, w- w- I think they were. Good, mm-hmm. I think what he's saying, though, and the way he's going about it, is not ideal. And I think you, I think you pointed that out very well. And then you created a very good conversation. Mm-hmm. I don't know when I when it's I was checking your fellow peers, yeah. you know,
2: it's letting them know we're watching, and, and you know, like I know there's what you're trying to say, but I, I, I would hope that you'd say it a different way. It's like yeah. a I, subtle I, mind pump, Salflex. Yeah, exactly. yeah. A little
3: flex.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, look, I remember as a he kid does it in the mirror. All the time. My, my dad used to tell me that, like, be proud of something you did. You know, we would we, look. I, I, I can definitely find my self-identifying with my heritage because I was grew up in this culturally Italian family. But my dad would tell me, like, be proud of what you do. You know what I mean? So, you know, to say I'm proud to be I'm proud to be a man because I was born a man. That's weird. What the fuck? You didn't do anything. You were born. <laughs> what are you proud of? That's such a good point. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let's, let's change subjects. Let's yeah. have, <laughs> I got a I got a post here I think Justin would really enjoy. Oh, please, enjoy. please. Yeah, he'll enjoy this Lighten one. Lighten it up a little. So huh? there's a, this was a, actually in one of the science, uh, like, People that I follow on Facebook science pages. Okay, and it's uh, so the title scientific. of it is uh, "These are fart facts." Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, you got my attention. Yeah, fascinating fart facts. Great transition. Uh, so yeah. yeah, isn't that great? Uh, yeah. So uh, it talks about like why farts smell in the first place. This is because of the gases from the bacteria. We all knew this. Hmm. The worst combination of gases in terms of smells. So so the so check this out. The average fart. I didn't know this. Was made up of fifty nine percent nitrogen, twenty one percent hydrogen, nine percent carbon dioxide. 7% methane, methane and 4% percent oxygen. It's that
2: methane, right?
1: That's the one that's the, the determiner of the stench. It's the uh, hydrogen sulfide. What? Yeah, so you have a lot of that.
3: It's fucking gas. It's just, <laughs> killing. It. It's just it's killing. But here's here's the crazy one. That's a misconception. So, this the, What do we consume that converts into that? Uh, well, uh, lots
1: of ba- uh, you know, fiber Fibers from vegetables and stuff yeah. can, can make that happen. And if you have oh, food intolerance, Broccoli farts are real. Yes. So it says, this is interesting, this this, this, this guy who apparently studies flatulence and has done for decades, <laughs> his name is Michael Levitt. <laughs> what a job,
3: right? Yeah, it, I don't know. Do Dude, you go to college for that? Say, hey, mom. No, I have no like, idea. Ah, I'm
1: just really into farts.
3: Yeah, I don't yeah. remember that being an option do, to sign up for. Do you for. know what
1: they do in these studies? What? So I've actually, where did I see this? It was a documentary I saw once. I thought it was hilarious. People will stand. They're standing, and they're standing in their underwear or naked. And there's a researcher standing behind them, up to their ass. And the person will fart. They'll smell, and then they'll mark down. Shut, that's like some of the research. Wow. No, it is. How not. much you yes, pay? That it guy. is. I'm serious. You're you're a fart smelling technician. They will, that will be part. There's other studies. Or do they too, have a cool
2: them? name for it, like those wine connoisseur people, you know? You know what would be they're great. They're a super smeller.
3: Yeah. <laughs> what would be great is if, if you you know, because I think that they, they send you like a thing, right? Oh, would you like to be a part of the study that we're doing? $50. You're like, oh, that sounds great. I get paid hundred bucks. Yeah, no got problem. And then you find out what yeah. you have to do. Yeah, smell
1: farts.
3: <laughs> get some 300 pound guys blasting there's you. There's some face.
1: some weirdos oh, out there. Oh, there might sh- be someone willing to pay
2: shards. Well, there's a lot of volume in that one. Dude, there's that down.
1: There's weird people out there. I wouldn't be surprised if people pay to do. No, that. there. That's a, There's a fetish.
3: That's a, that's a. There's people that have fart fetishes mm. that want That want. Adam just-, just got on the porn train. No. Yeah, yes. Thanks <laughs> <laughs> for self. There's yeah. a lot
2: of crazy stuff I, out there, you I, guys. I
3: said- <laughs> I shared this. You sound like, yeah, dude, it's, we know. Look I, share, I shared this in confidentiality over here, and you just put me on Front Street right now to try to kick up my Pornhub. How funny is that? You guys are talking about reducing uh, your uh, addiction we'll, to Pornhub. I'm like uh, trying to. We've been reducing. I'm being introduced to it, trying to feel. Wow, look at uh, this. It knows me. It knows me. <laughs> it, <laughs> it, only it's, take, it only takes. It only takes. Remembers me. me. Yeah, I'm telling you, it only takes about four weeks, and that shit figures you out real Bro, good. You got to learn how to erase you, you your tracks,
1: dude. Yeah, dude. You do want to leave that clear history. Always. What the hell's wrong clear, with clear, clear,
3: clear. But anyway, so
1: according to the... This expert on flatulence, um, women's farts smell worse than men's. I I knew it. Yeah, really. Yep. Yes, that's what it says. Dude. And, and his he says it's because justification. He says he thinks it's because they have a higher hydrogen hydrogen sulfide content due to a more plant based diet because women tend to eat more. Vegetables. More vegetables yeah. and stuff. There goes the myth that
2: they don't fart.
1: Yeah. Well, of course they do. Bro. Yeah. I know. But they. That's, that's but they. I'm always been told that. Yeah. But they. But they smell. You know. They, they smell bad. They hold it in for way too long. Mm-hmm. Um, farts are technically flammable. I didn't, see. That's not a myth. How huh? you can light a fart on fire? I've never seen it happen though. You haven't? No. Oh,
2: I've been able to do it once. No. No, way. you didn't. Over an open flame, dude. Try you, it. You so, swear to God. It, but you have to have like a really like a substantial amount. You can't just you can't just you know like like weekly get it out. You have to really bust it out like like with like. Are a, you serious?
1: And what did it do? Just it just. So uh, so paint the picture. Where was this? And how did this uh, operate?
2: Okay, so uh, of course, is in college, and we just get bored and do stuff. Like I, I shot an airsoft gun on my friend's nuts one time. What. <laughs> just because he was like, it was what? The, it was the era of Jackass. Yeah, it was the Jackass. Stuff. Like,
1: were they bare nuts? Or, he was like, or... oh,
2: this hurts, you know. And then, and then he's like, no, it hurts, sucks so bad. I'm like, I'm gonna shoot you in the nut, like. And then I convinced him to do it. Wait, he,
1: was he bare nut or was he, he was bare nut. nut? So shot. he were,
2: like point blank, he oh. bare nutted? Wait, wait, yeah. he bare nutted? it. was the worst? I was like, I and you t- I you, can't believe it. You put the. the I just the... didn't think he would go through with it. That was like a test. And he did. Is he? Is this one ball pat? Is that what happened? <laughs> <laughs> that would make a lot of sense. But, but no. It's no, not it's, one ball pat? It's not one ball pat. No, it's my other friend Ed. I just threw you under the bus, Ed. Wow. Um, but yeah. Uh, he just wanted you to. <laughs> yeah, no. So we did one. So you know those lighters? Uh, the long lighters, the ones that barbecue like, ones, barbecue ones. Yeah. yeah. So, so then it was like the next thing was like, well, let's see, let's see if we can get an open flame to kind of shoot out. And so, cause I had shown them the trick with, with, um, uh, powdered, uh, cream. So you, you throw powdered cream over an open flame and it goes,
1: I didn't know that either. Oh dude, po- that this one has is, to be the most educational podcast I've done with you. That one burned my <laughs> eyebrows off. So you throw the powder cream, yeah, wow, okay, wait, wait, wait. powder cream. What do you mean powder cream? What creamer, is that? creamer.
2: Oh, it like powder for coffee? You dump it over the top of an open flame. It is like the most crazy fireball you get from that.
1: What?
3: Yeah, I had no idea. Uh, yeah. I, you know what I have done is science, and I know I'll get in trouble for this because I know it's not good, right? Uh, I've have you ever melted a milk cart, a milk, a plastic milk carton before? No. Oh. So, does yeah. <laughs> it just all collapse? The collapse no, it blows no, up. No, it. Uh, so you, if you light a, a, a plastic milk carton, it'll go Sup-boom, Sup-boom. It makes oh. this crazy sound every drip as it as it, as the the plastic drips. And yeah. I know I know we're gonna get crucified for that. No way. Oh, here is anyway.
1: people farting, light, lighting their farts on here, fire. Yeah,
3: watch, yeah, Yeah, they usually throw their legs up over their head. Oh
1: shit,
2: that way. So what if? Oh yeah. It, oh, the worst part though is I've seen somebody do that and it sucked back in. Well, oh, I was just gonna say, if yeah, it goes in, yeah, it'll burn your inside, you know, rectal area.
1: That, okay, so so you laid back, yeah, you, you lit, you you, you had, you, the, you got a blast, and then
3: uh, cut it off. And right did away.
1: you see the flame, or did your friends? Because you were, it was probably yeah, in my a friends weird did. I didn't see anything.
3: Doug, show show a milk jug, melt a milk milk jug. I say that three times fast. Melt a milk jug. Melt a milk, uh, milk jug. You <laughs> melt a
2: milk jug. Exactly.
1: That's uh that's tough. You guys are dangerous kids, man.
2: Oh, we did all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah. We did the, the uh, uh Alka seltzer thing with the uh soda. You know what's funny is we all we, that.
3: We, we 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 uh we we talk so much shit about the generation coming up now and like oh you know they're getting stuck on their computers yeah we just didn't have record of it <laughs> yeah yeah we we're over here lighting yeah. our ass cheeks on fire there's no YouTube thank melting God. plastic in the atmosphere <laughs> uh, yeah. oh, I used to blow up you could make a you could make a case that we bombs. were doing just as stupid shit maybe more yeah, where did man. you
1: get the cherry bombs from uh, Chinatown really yeah and you just blow up the anthill would it spray ants everywhere
2: so yeah and so I I and this is even worse because I'm surprised I didn't start any forest fire. But like I would, I would take a little like gasoline trail and then light it and just go boom, and then they would just fly everywhere, like all over me, just yeah, on fire.
3: That's you guys are bad kids. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah, we used to we used to uh, use a magnifying glass and catch them on fire. Oh yeah, that. Was oh, fun. that's that's yeah, that, that's that's classic. typical boys. That's classic.
2: That's classic. Say like you have to teach your. Son you want to know what you want to like teach pull your son all the legs, legs off of like every insect? Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah I I, should, I or should, should, or you, you guys want to know what I did that I still to this day feel so bad about? Like the worst. I'm such a bad brother. It still hurts my heart to even say it. My sister when she was real young, she loved all animals and creatures. She was like, uh what's that cartoon Cinderella with the you know animals singing next to oh, her right. sister? And Cinderella. So, no, Snow White. <laughs> Snow White. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So my I know my uh, Disney. He knows the princesses very well. Yes, I do. So my 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 sister, she was little and she would uh, she would go out and collect insects. And so for some reason she got like 10 Snails, put them in a shoebox, and they were her babies.
3: Oh, God. Throw salt all
1: over her. These are my babies. I have oh, a bunch no. of babies. Look oh, at my babies. No. I'm like, you're so stupid. Who cares? You know, because I'm, I'm a little older than her, right? And I'm, I'm, a, I'm being a dick at this point. So mean. My, these are my babies. And so she'd walk around with her little thing or whatever and feed them leaves and stuff. And then, so then she went inside, and I don't remember what she did. She did something to make, it, make me irritated. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to pour salt on them. Oh, God. <laughs> and uh, Don't
3: ask me how I knew that.
1: Dude, I, I killed her, yeah, her right. snail babies. And she cried for, I don't know, a few hours. And I felt... Te- to today, till this day telling it oh, my heart right now oh, is just breaking in half that's like, that's what a like, terrible human so evil yeah, yeah.
2: yeah who
3: does that who kills someone's pet babies. snail I mean, it was a child a was a child a mean little boy what are you 9 or 7 uh, oh,
1: I was like 16 this, No, I'm just kidding, you're,
3: right. <laughs> you're like I was 27 yeah. <laughs> alright All right, no man. I have no you you're really an asshole I was
1: probably like 8 you know and she was 4 I mean do you guys ever do anything like that when you're kids to this day that you talk about it and you feel
3: terrible oh no I threw acorns at a girl that was terrible Jesus guy I know I know, I apologize I her. did some mean shit to Cassie, I feel bad. But it's you know what, though? I see what a tough, hard-ass she is today. And I feel like I contributed to that. Yeah, yeah it was, all, it was like, all part of the training. Yeah, it was all part of the training. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like my sister- K- Kids are brutal, my dude. My sister's like a rock now, you know what I'm saying? She's not, she don't let little shit bother her whatsoever. And so I think that a lot of that was all the, the uh, shit that I did the the to her. The second it's worst proving thing. grounds.
1: It, 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 the second worst thing that I did was to my brother, where my parents were gone, and I was watching them. And he was, my brother would let me do whatever I want to him it was fun I'd practice wrestling moves on him and and he would laugh and so I we had watched home alone and you know the kid where he he hit you know he puts his hands on his face and he screams or whatever what's his name Macaulay Culkin yeah and so I said after 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 yeah so I'm like oh it's gonna be funny I said here put your hands on your face and I duct taped his hands <laughs> to his head, so I wrapped it all around. So his hands were stuck to his face, and then he was running around chasing me, and he couldn't take him <laughs> off. But we used. Uh, see how funny it is, though. Yeah, Isn't yeah, that funny? Yeah, yeah. But but I used actual gray duct tape, like the strong stuff. That oh. shit ain't coming out of his hair. So I had th- to give him a haircut. I had to cut his hair. Yeah, that's, that's, so. Yeah. I think what that's happens so
3: as a as a, a, a young boy, you you see something on TV or you you hear about something at school. And it's not so much like a a sexist thing, like a boy picking on a a little girl. It's just, it's my, she just happens to be my younger sibling. If she was a boy, she would have been picked on the same. It was just, it's that I learned something at school, you Mm -hmm. know, or I learned something watching a movie like Home Alone and who I'm like, fuck, who do I have to do this on? My sister, you know what I'm saying? So she automatically just gets the torture. I remember one that. I feel really guilty about because it's just it's like physically mean you know, like the acorn thing right like yeah. that's just f- physically yeah, mean it's yeah, not yeah, even that that's, that's funny what dick. you said that's kind of funny you tape duct tape his hands his head like you probably wouldn't have thought well oh, I that have another hurt. one but right I, I took a, I took a quarter we lived up in the country and we had uh, one of those. Uh, wood burning stoves, uh-huh. the one, the iron, black iron ones, and you know we we didn't oh, run, we, no. we didn't have a heater, and so you just ran that thing all day long, so it was just hotter than I shit. I know exactly what you did, and so I got into my sister's change jar, you know no. that she was saving, and I stole one of her quarters, and then I put it on the on there, got and, it hot as fuck. got it hot as fuck, <laughs> and then I swiped it off the off the off the stove. And then told her, I took some of your quarters. And then she comes running in to come get her. And then she picks it up. Oh. And it was like a delayed reaction. Oh. And, you know, she had the bald eagle in her fucking hand afterwards. <laughs> and so that was like really bad. You know, I feel bad just saying it right now. Yeah. Right now. Would, a, that's would, awful. I don't know where I saw that. I don't know what. What drove me to do that? And my sister and I were very close. So it wasn't like a, I hate her. I want to hurt her. It doesn't, it, you don't, it doesn't go, it doesn't process. You think it's, it's going to be funny. Just, exactly. Yeah. In yeah. my head, I'm like, it's going to burn her. She's going to scream. She's going to freak out. Everything's going to be okay. Not, it's like going to really hurt her and she's going to be running her ah. neosporum on it later on, <laughs> crying <laughs> to my mom. Yeah. Didn't know
2: it was going to go that far. Yeah. I have one too. Uh, I taught, I, I actually told this. On a podcast, like one of our very first podcasts, I think a long time ago about uh, my next door neighbor who is younger and I actually had an accomplice with this. My best friend at the time was this girl who was the same age as me and we were just playing or whatever. And so anytime like, a, uh, you know, the neighbor kid would, would always try and play with us and everything and we were just told dicks to everybody. And so he was like trying to play with us. What are you guys doing? And I had like some brownies and we're eating brownies. Can I get us some brownies from you? I'm like, oh yeah, no problem. And then I'm like like laughing and like joking with my friend, like, oh yeah, let's do this. I put dog shit in between the brownie <laughs>
1: no.
2: and then gave it back to him. He's like all happy, like, yeah. Oh my god. He took a bite and literally like spit it out and ran home crying. And we're like, ha ha ha. Fucking ate dog shit. <laughs> Are you kidding me? That's so I should be up. like, uh, I should have done a little bit of time for that or something. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, that's messed up. You know what, though? We're still laughing about it right yeah. now. <laughs> 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 I feel bad. Sorry, Barrett. You yeah.
1: know, like, oh man, what a dick. God, you got, you got intestinal worms afterwards. Yeah, yeah I, was must, hospitalized. I was like,
2: no wonder, like, my neighbors hated me. Oh,
1: we're mean, man. Bad
2: humans.
0: This Quaz brought to you by Organify. Our first question is from Barbells and Boxing Gloves. If you had a budget of a thousand dollars to build a home gym, what would your essentials be? Oh, that's cool. Great
1: question. Yeah. God, the value of a home gym, I'm really, really appreciating now much more now that I have one in my garage. Yeah. The just the accessibility of it. Um, you can work out because you got to think about this. You know, think about the the time it takes people to drive to the gym. And then drive home, change when they're at the gym, and then of course dealing with the the crowds that are at gyms. That's actually a pretty big. I didn't realize how big of a deterrent that was, but when you talk to people, it's a pretty large deterrent. It's a pretty mm-hmm. big deterrent to people working out, especially the crowds and all that stuff. So oh,
3: convenience, cl- cost, and cleanliness are the three C's. The three most common things that make someone decide if they're going to go to a gym or not. Absolutely, mm, and no. so.
1: It- here in, in my home gym, childcare. And this is my home gym. Because <laughs> so 4C. Is, yeah. yeah, that's the one. There you go. This is what I have in my gym. I have a rack so that I could do squats. And, you know, because a good rack will allow you to bench off of it, squat off of it, overhead press off of it. Any kind of a barbell movement where you need to have uh, the barbell racked, mm-hmm. a good rack will allow you to do. Plus, a good rack will have safeties on it. Um, because if you work out alone, you want to have the safeties so that you can, if you train at a very high intensity, You don't have fear that you'll get stuck uh, under the bar, which, you know, that's a kind of a real uh, fear that some people have. Um, An adjustable bench would be the next thing to have, something that can, you know, uh, adjust up to incline. So you could do all your different variations of presses. Um, Now, you can get away with just that. You can get away with just a cage, a barbell with weights, and an adjustable bench.
3: Well, the first thing I think about when I hear somebody that has like a $1,000 build your at home gym budget. Is PRX and what they offer because if you, I'm sure this person has a thousand dollars saved and they're like, okay, I want to spend a thousand dollars. What's the best equipment I have? I would spend less than that and make monthly payments and get like a get your whatever you yeah, want, stretch it out, yeah, stretch it out over the next year and make payments towards. And their the-
1: racks are so the thing I like about the PRX because because a squat rack will take up a certain amount of space and some people don't have that kind of space. Yeah, the PRX rack folds in and out. Yeah, so it goes flat. It's super convenient.
2: I was super stoked on on the one I got, and what's great about it too is, yeah, not just that it's like out of the way, and you can actually save that room still if you don't have a garage. You know, like I don't have a garage, so that like was a very important thing was to be able to also still have it function as a room. Um, But just having that helped because that's like the foundation of. Most all workouts for me, I'm like, I have to have a squat rack. I have to have the ability to squat, bench press, overhead press, uh, you know, and then deadlift. And so uh, one thing I had to add was I actually stole the the kettlebell platform from in here and then put it there, which was great. So now I can deadlift heavy and I'm not worried about my floors as much. Mm. Um, So that was an addition. But, you know, being able to rack all the weights and everything on the wall keeps everything out of the way. But now I have the ability through PRX to add in, like, certain – uh, features like so I, I have like a landmine attachment that I just set up with that and then it's like you can start looking at like more accessories like the further you go uh, you know into it so it's like you have options you you start with just your meat and potatoes of like the squat rack the, the weights hanging on the wall like those main things and then you know you can look at getting dumbbells or whatever later or just what the essentials are that your workout requires Dude,
1: I, for for most of my workout Uh, History. So I've been working out since I was 14. All I've worked out with were a rack, barbell, dumbbells, and adjustable bench for most of my workout history. So I I started out that way as a kid, although we didn't have a rack. We just had the old school, you know, bench, you know, the old school bench that you would get, you know, you could buy at the, at the store and you just put your barbell on it. So I didn't have anything to do squats with. Um, But then later on, I, you know, managed gyms, I worked out in gyms. And then for a lot of my career, um, I owned my own personal training studio and when I opened my, my studio, it wasn't a massive facility because it was only for personal training. And I thought to myself, like, I only want to get the stuff that I think is essential. I think most machines are, especially for the average person, largely a waste of, uh, of money and time, um, and they take up a lot of space. My personal training studio was barbells, dumbbells, adjustable bench, squat rack, and I had one cable machine, kind of like a, um, what's that called? The universal. universal univ- not universal, but the- Free motion. Free motion. Thank you. Um, and that was it. And me and all the other trainers trained all of our clients in there. Um, and we had a very successful business doing so. My And now my workouts are in my garage and it's just barbell, dumbbell, you know, barbells, dumbbells, uh, adjustable bench and squat rack. And that's it. I don't use anything else. I think machines are fun. They can be great. But if you have those things, you can do everything, anything you want to do. If you want to do calves, just get yourself a block, which you can build yourself with, with two by fours. Um, you can hit every body part from hamstrings, quads, glutes, back, chest, shoulders, biceps, triceps. I mean, you name it, you can. You have a lot of
3: variety that you could do with those types of, uh,
1: you know, with that type of equipment. Now, Justin,
3: when you when you bought PRX, did you make payments on it, or did you pay outright? I did. Yeah. So I I wanted to
2: go through that process to kind of see uh, what that looked like. Um, and so yeah, I did. I did a payment process. So I'll spend like. It was like under fifty bucks a month something like that uh it, and it was basically so how does is there,
3: are there are there options? There's different tiers okay yeah. so there's options and terms and then how how long is the term is it a year two years three years is yeah, it yeah so
2: huh? it depends on how much you put up front and then yeah you can set up so for me I just set up a year's worth so okay. yeah, now you have you, options on there do you have like curl bar and and stuff like that too yeah I've been adding a so I added a, a curl bar recently obviously I have some kettlebells. Um, I also, I don't, I didn't get the one that has the, uh, pull-up bar because that one actually is a lot taller. So I, I made a mention of that, you know, before when we talked about it. it, it's a lot higher and my ceilings, a bit lower. Um, but I have, uh, I have another part of the, the, in the room I have hanging, uh, some, some Olympic rings. So I get my pull-ups and dips with that, but I also just purchased a dip, um attachment to the, to the rack so oh, nice. it's just cool dude. they have a lot of options? They also have one that 's like uh for lap pull down, so it has a, a cable that you can actually attach to a weight and then pull so from you put the some rack. plates on there yeah, which I thought was a cool thing yeah. I might look into
1: now at some point, Adam, are you ever going to look into you 've talked about flirting with having stuff at home
3: no if i didn't have the Camaro in the garage, I would so that's right now that 's what would take up my my gym space i don 't have really room. In the in the house, so we have three rooms in our house. One of them is a guest room. Uh, one of them is a sneaker room, and then one of them is our master bedroom. So I really don't have room. You and- don't want you don't to do anything with the sneaker room, unless <laughs> <Don't> <laughs> my sneaker room yeah, put, put a gym in there. <laughs> no, some, no, some, no some you Something important. Wanna, we don't want to do that. <laughs> no, <man. laughs> you don't want to do that. No, I I go I flirt with it back and forth. I mean, uh, so the audience knows. I mean, I literally live uh, eight minutes away, so I don't have to get on a freeway to this place. some eight minutes from our studio. So I live the close... Oh no, actually Doug lives closer. Doug's like a block or two, which mm-hmm. is probably why Doug and I haven't invested in the major gym home yet is because we're so close to here that I can come back. Now, I also don't have kids. So if I had kids, that might change the whole game for me because I could totally get how that could be a pain in the ass. Like You guys don't want to come back here after you've left. After you've left work, you're not trying to come back here. You're probably spending time with your kids, and they Mm -hmm. they tend to probably dictate your evenings. Mm -hmm. And so I could see having a garage gym or at-home gym uh, being something. So I definitely wouldn't knock it because I could for sure see myself getting it later. Here's
1: Speaking of kids, you reminded me of this. Here's the other thing that's good about having a home gym, if you use it, by the way, you got to use it, is you start to develop a uh, culture in your home around exercise. Yep. It, that's kind of what happened to me. My my weight set when I was fourteen wasn't mine; it was my dad's, and he would go out and lift weights, and that's what you know spurred the idea on for me. And that I think is an important thing. So if if you're in out know, now to be clear, you can create this and not have a home gym. You could bring your kids to the gym you know, we'll have them, you know, watch you exercise otherwise and be active much more difficult, but though. It, it is, I have my gym and when I'm working out out there, the kids know I'm out there. I leave the door open. They see me doing it. They do not even have to be in there, Yeah. but it's part of their, it's part of their growing up. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like what you grow it up makes with makes
2: an impact on them for sure. It,
1: it does. And, and what, whatever you grow up with as a kid is what you kind of get used to. And I, I would like my kids to get used to fitness and exercise being kind of. They're around it and they're part of it, and mm-hmm. it's, I feel like it'll make it more likely that they make it a part of their life mm-hmm. as they get older and, and they get their own place as well. Justin, when you with your home gym, like, what does your routine look like now? Is it is it because I know when you work out at a gym, you gotta get yeah. clothes, drive there,
3: whatever. You masturbate first before you get <laughs> you on. Yeah,
2: yeah, I make sure that uh, yeah, I get all that accomplished ahead of time. Yeah, <laughs> and then I leave the door open. I'll just usually what's so convenient is I can go in there whenever I want, like I feel inspired or go to do it, but. Um, I've actually like, I've actually been lifting quite a bit heavier as of late because now I have a platform down there. So for me, like I used to, I used to do like a pre-workout with coffee and make sure I get spiked with that. Um, I had a conversation recently because I had mentioned before with Organifi that I I had one of my friends kind of trying the red juice as, as a pre-workout. Um, and then actually from somebody DMing me, they were like, Oh, but have you tried that with a combination of pure? And so they do this like ratio of, of the red juice and a little bit of pure. And he was like, dude, oh this God. has been, this has been killer, uh, especially for my heavy lifting days. So I just started trying it and I had a really awesome deadlifting session.
1: So, cause what I'll, what and I'll I, do with the pure is I'll take the pure and then, you know, cause I have the garage gym, right? So I'll yeah. drink pure and then I'll walk in there, do my mobility work, wait for it to kick in, then do my workout.
2: Yeah, well, I usually walk, I usually do clean things around the house, and, and I'm busy, busy, are you, busy, and then I just go get it.
3: Are you mixing the pure with the red juice, or are you drinking it and then drinking the other one? Mixing them. Oh, you are? Together. Oh, what's the, the taste of <laughs> I haven't done that.
2: I I can't say that it's, it's not like my favorite taste, but it's not like I'm doing this for performance.
3: I just well, want to try it out. Yeah, no, I get it. The And the pure is not like- it's it, kind of conflicting tastes a little bit. Yeah, it's a little but it's not it's, it's not, not a strong, it's not that far fetched Pure is not a, out of all the products, out of all the juices it's got a out, mild flavor, very mild flavor. That's what I was searching yeah. for. Thank you. Like it's not pungent, it doesn't have a very strong flavor to it. So I could see it mixing. That's an interesting combo. Yeah,
2: I thought it was interesting because, you know, getting that sort of energy surge but also like the the clarity uh, aspect of it with the nootropic, I thought that might be interesting going into the workout. And it was it was it definitely had some benefit to it.
0: Next question is from Dre, Dre forty four. Why are there incline presses and flies and maps programs but never decline?
1: That's that's true. No, it's a very I don't think we've ever
0: programmed Ooh. a decline press, have we? Well, that's probably because how we we I don't wanna know. Yeah, let actually
1: let's talk about this. Interesting. Yeah I don't, I don't I'm not a big fan
3: I'm not a big fan of the decline. Yeah, none of us are. Yeah. Okay. Uh, otherwise we would have had them. <laughs> <Right. before. laughs> yeah, obviously yeah. I don't remember if we had a major conversation. I don't even think I think no. how funny is this? I think that you know there's there's certain things that we all probably feel about exercises that doesn't even need to be said like for there, for example there's no uh hip adductors and abductors in any of our you know exercises for the machine ones right like mm-hmm. we yeah, no machine yeah, we wouldn't program in that if any of us if we were trying to work any of those muscles we would find a way to incorporate it in some sort of a more of a functional movement that we all agree with. and I think that the the decline bench is kind of like that like if I'm gonna do something, like that. I'm probably going to do dips instead. Superior. Yeah. Right. I much rather yeah, exactly. have someone
1: do dips than a decline a decline press, you know, the old school reason of you using a decline press was to hit the the lower pecs. Now from a bodybuilding standpoint, it's very rare that you need to hit the lower pecs. That's number 1. So from an aesthetic standpoint, right? So if you look at your how your chest develops when you do regular old bench press, your lower chest usually develops pretty damn well with a bench press. In fact, if you just do a bench press, you can, you may run the risk of developing, and this is again from aesthetics and if you're building lots of mus- muscle, so don't freak out. But for people who are building lots of muscle and you only do bench press, you may develop that kind of lower droopy looking pec look and inclines become much more, look. it becomes much more aesthetic, right? You do the inclines, you'll give that nice full upper chest, uh, you know, look. And so decline presses, why would you throw more at the lower pecs when the bench press, you know, arguably does a great job of that. Now, from a functional standpoint, it's just that downward pressing motion. You're, I, in our opinion, uh, I, the, the dip is going to be superior to that. Uh, the setup for a decline, the way it works on the body, I've never really gotten great benefits from well,
3: it. It's a short range of motion. You don't get that much more uh, carryover from what the flat bench is already doing for you. You're at greater risk because of the angle. A lot of people push with their shoulders and mm-hmm. could, could mm-hmm. lead to injury. Um, yeah, it's just... It's, an it's over, funky. It doesn't feel like natural. It, it's an overrated move that most people like to do because they can do more weight. Yeah. And Total eagle lift. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, and almost every person that I've ever trained when I'm programming any chest stuff that somebody who's wanting to sculpt and develop a chest, right? Because the only reason why you would even consider doing a decline is if you're somebody who is looking to sculpt your your chest, right? I
2: almost see it and I know like even I would value this even higher, but as like if I'm just doing squats and then I'm doing leg press instead of squats, you know, like, but I I actually would value leg press over – Decline press even more. Oh, I oh. see what
1: you're saying. You're comparing it to like. Yeah, if
2: I'm going to compare like uh, the value of like a. Squat yeah, I wouldn't, a I wouldn't leg even. Press. I
3: wouldn't even give it that much credit because yeah. we, we've programmed the leg press. I see a lot of. value. We have. I see a lot of value in the leg press, uh, but I, I think somebody needs to do more incline uh, work than anything else. Like when I when I help somebody like that's trying to build their chest, most people neglect. Neglect the incline. Now, there's always exceptions to the rule. So maybe if you're listening and you're somebody who's like, oh, I've been hitting incline consistently for a long time, but 90 percent, maybe more of the people that I've trained, they they don't have as developed of an upper chest. And the reason, okay, is is the opposite reason why everybody likes to do decline is because incline's fucking hard, and you're weaker normally. So in you know typical guys. When we lift, if it's a lift that we're not very good at, instead of doing it more like we should, we tend to avoid it and we gravitate towards the things that we're stronger or better at. So we tend to already naturally go flat and decline or want to do decline because we feel stronger. But most people should spend more time trying to build their upper chest and doing incline and try and catch your incline strength up to your flat bench. And that will serve you Far more when it comes to developing a chest. I see more value
1: in a decline fly than I do in a decline decline press uh, with a barbell. Decline press with a barbell is such a short range of motion. Decline fly, you can get a really good wide range of motion, get a good stretch across the chest. Hmm. But even then, I'd rather do a cable crossover. I'd rather do a cable fly. It's the same from up to down motion that you're getting, well, you know, from a decline, but it it's also feels better.
3: You're also, so if you set up properly on a bench press, on a flat bench press, you actually create a decline angle already. When you when you retract the scapula, right, yeah, yeah. Shoulder, chest when high. You, yes, when you pull the shoulder blades back, you tuck them in your back pockets, right, And you and you lift the chest up, you create a natural decline angle already on the flat bench. You're just increasing that more, or... You're putting that person on a decline flat bench that's allowing them to flatten their back, and then they end up pushing some with their shoulders. So, yeah, I'm just not I'm not a fan of the movement. I don't see a lot of benefit. Even talking to the bodybuilder bikini community that is using it to sculpt, uh, every bikini, every men's physique, every bodybuilder I ever trained, uh, never did I have to program flat or decline mm-hmm. bench. It was always having to give them more more incline work, and then if I was going to do anything that that targeted. Uh, the lower chest uh, d- dips for sure, yeah. and dips just have so much. It's a, a it's much, a greater range of motion. Yeah, it's a much more functional movement. It's it's uh, I think it's safer because of the way you're angled. I think it's a just a better superior. Yeah, and, I,
1: and if you're gonna do a decline press, dumbbells. The barbell is so limited with that. It's such a short range of motion. Grab a pair of dumbbells. Now you can come down, get a greater range of motion. And here's the other thing I hate about decline pressing. The weight makes my head feel. I don't know about you guys, but laying upside down. The pressure in my head is, on. am pressure, it just doesn't
3: Feels feel like good. you're going to pop. And, and I think that there's, there's a lot of exercises that didn't make it into MAPS programs. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that any of us think it's bad or it's wrong. There's just a hierarchy. Right, exactly. There's a hierarchy of movements, and if we were to put decline bench in any of the MAPS programs, that means we'd have to take something else out of there and... All the exercises that we put in all the programs, we agree. And you know, we thought we spent days on days mm-hmm. de- debating whether this was the movement. Like, is there a better movement that could go right here? We didn't just throw a bunch of random exercises. In. It was like we put them in, and then we would debate over each one. Like, mm-hmm. is this the where we're placing this exercise? Is this the most ideal thing that you would do with a majority of your clients right here? And so it just didn't make the cut. Yeah. It's just just like the Smith machine didn't. Doesn't mean that none of us have never used either one of those things. They get used. Uh, I've used them before, plenty of times. It's just like Justin said in
0: the, the hierarchy. It just didn't make it. It didn't make the cut as a great movement. Next up is from Rob Flem: traditional deadlift stance or sumo. This both. is
1: a this is a great both. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is a great question because uh, how I would have answered this. Years ago was different than how I answer right. it. Right before today. I bet
3: you would say, do what's comfortable for you. Well, right? I would have
1: said they're interchangeable. Oh, it doesn't yeah. matter. One, they're both deadlifts. Just oh God, pick, they're so pick, different. pick your favorite or how one. your
2: leverage you know provides best. And, yeah.
1: and the reason why I would have said that is because, and this is powerlifting's fault. Powerlifting, um, not that they tried to do this, but in powerlifting competition, you can pick either a traditional stance or sumo stance for your deadlift. So whichever mm-hmm. one you can lift more weight at. That's your stance, and it doesn't matter which one you pick, we're all competing against each other, and that's a deadlift. And so I would have said it doesn't matter. pick one, do the one you're good at, they're both deadlifts. Now I understand that they're totally different exercises. Yeah, they're totally different, they're not the same. In fact, the, just because they're both called a deadlift doesn't mean that they're both uh, that they're both the same. There's some similarities. Uh, there's, there's a lot of posture chain, the bars in front of your body. But one, your legs are really wide. Your hips get lower in the beginning of it. Your, your muscle activation is very, very different. The other one, your, your stance is more narrow, hands outside your your legs. You got to do them both if you want uh, the gain the benefits of both. Um, so to what I typically recommend to people who love to deadlift, and you're going to deadlift the way you like to deadlift probably more often than not, Do that one, and then every once in a while, throw in a cycle of the opposite or the other uh, style of deadlift. Mm -hmm. I I did this is how I got my you know years ago when I got my when I was able to pull six hundred pounds, which is the most I've ever pulled. One of the ways I got my 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 weight up to that was I had to switch to sumo for a while. I had I don't remember where I got stuck. I think I got stuck at like five eighty or five seventy five. And so I went sumo for a long time, and when I went sumo, I wasn't as strong because it wasn't it wasn't something I had practiced. So I had to get good at sumo, and and because I got good at sumo, and then went back to the traditional, I was and I strengthened my body a little bit different. I had some carryover, and I was able to pay well, more weight.
3: And that that speaks to how they they they're so similar yet very different, right? So I think no matter what you're going to deadlift, whether it be conventional or sumo, <clears throat> intermittently putting that in there, you're going to get some carryover for it, especially if you stick with it and you allow yourself to progress. Like I think the first time that I... I think, I think when I was up peaking at conventional deadlifting and I was getting up in the, the mid-500s and I started to go over to sumo, I mean, I had to go significantly. Like I think 400 it was, pounds. Oh, way less than yeah. that. I think it was like 200 and something, 300 mm-hmm. pounds because mm-hmm. just felt awkward. And instead of realizing, oh, wow, I can't even lift 50% of this and bailing on it and saying, I'm done with, it's not for me. My body, it doesn't work for my body. I don't want to do it. I'm not as strong. I look like a wuss in the gym when I could normally pull over 500. No, I I stuck with it and I allowed myself to push all the way up until I, and I think when I got with my sumos, I got up into the 400. So I, but it's, and you've touched this before, Sal, what's, what when you learn, When you do an exercise and you realize you suck at it and it's really challenging, especially when you've been lifting for many years like all of us have, instead of running away from those things, those are the best movements to chase after and to do more of. You'll get those newbie gains. Exactly. You get those newbie gains. It's all new again. It's like my body's not used to this. This is foreign. And so I'm burning more calories. I'm building more muscle. My body is changing. And that's where the, the real carryover that you talk about comes from. It doesn't come from, oh, Every once in a while, do a set or every once in a while do, you know, some sumo deads because you do conventional time. It's like, no, stick with sumo for a while then if you suck at it and let yourself progress. So stay there for weeks on weeks and get good at it. And once you've gotten really good at it, then you can go back to your conventional and then you'll notice the carryover. That's the beauty of different stances and different grips. It it really does provide
2: a whole different sequence, Uh, you know, and firing sequence that happens and has to take place. This is a whole nother skill you got to acquire. And once you actually can establish a new skill, especially when it's like that closely related, uh, to the other exercise, uh, it's definitely going to carry over. And so that way, you know, you'll see that, that benefiting the whole, once you start to turn your feet, uh, in in different angles and directions, you're going to be able to generate force from each one of those different angles, uh, all of that is going to contribute to the whole.
3: It it reminds me of when I really started to front squat more. So I feel the same way about front squatting and back squatting. Uh, I hate to front squat. Why? Because I can't do but 50% of the weight that I can do on a back squat. And I remember like really – and this was when we were doing Mind Pump together. I mean – I rarely ever front squat it. And I was like, you know what? I really want to see how much I can push this front squat. And I remember when I started to get my front squat over 300 pounds, that's when I started hitting PRs on my back squat. Mm-hmm. But it's 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 hard. It's the mental game of you suck at it, therefore you should. Not because, you know, just because you suck at it doesn't mean you should stay away from it. Oh, this move isn't for me. It's like, no, that's great. Especially if you're an experienced lifter and you've been lifting for a long time, you're seeking those things. It's hard to find a movement that I, I can't do comparable to another that's similar. If I can if I'm really, really weak, there's lots of opportunity for growth and change.
1: Yeah, I actually learned how to deadlift sumo style. That was the first the first way I, I deadlifted. Was, oh really? Yeah, I learned from power lifters and that's just the way they taught me. And so mm. that's the way I pulled and <clears throat> as a kid I would pull every once in a while. And I never really programmed it into my workout, but I was naturally strong at them. So every once in a while I'd do them because I could lift a lot of weight. And I'd get my, you know, I, I think I was able to pull uh, almost 400 pounds in high school, then right out of high school around 400 pounds. And then I switched to, to traditional, and traditional just suits my body better. And then my deadlift pounds uh, went up. But, uh, you know, I remember that I had learned sumo, so I'd always throw them in every once in a while. And then the mm-hmm. other deadlift that we're not touching on is a trap bar deadlift, Yeah, which a trap bar deadlift is much easier to learn. Um, and arguably more functional than than either deadlift because it doesn't require so much technique and right. You can in distribute mobility. a
2: lot of that you know throughout the anterior and posterior.
1: Track. I would say it's more of an athlete deadlift. Yeah. If, I, if I was training an athlete, I'd probably get him at a better at a trap bar deadlift than,
3: oh, uh, absolutely. than anything else. Well, absolutely. that's a no-brainer. Just just even the setup alone, uh, a basketball player, a football player, uh, any athlete I can think of, your stance uh, when you explode out of a hole or you mm-hmm. jump up looks like a, a trap bar deadlift. Mm. It does not look like a conventional. You'll never, there's no sport uh, that you'll play where you get in a sumo stance mm-hmm. and have to come out of a hole like that. It's just it doesn't emulate anything that you would normally do where a trap bar deadlift is very similar to where your hands would be by your side
0: right before you go up for a rebound That's or a right. on a That's ball. Right. Next question is from Brianne Wyatt 43. Do you work on mobility during long rest periods between sets? If so, how do you program it?
1: That's a great way to... First of all, when I train clients, this is what we did between sets many times. If I if while I was training a client, if I'm working on uh, correcting some kind of a recruitment pattern issue, if I see them moving a particular way, we would do the exercise set, and then in between, we would do mobility work to make their body move better for the next set. So they were resting, and it wasn't intense. This isn't this is the important thing about mobility work. Mobility work should not be a workout. Now, that doesn't mean you're not moving and you're not burning calories and sometimes sweating. It just means you, you, you don't want to approach mobility work like you're training your body because the second you start to fatigue, form breaks down and you lose the benefit of the mobility work. And that's really the, <clears throat> that's really how it, it all breaks down. Your form is good. When you have an issue with form, it doesn't happen when you're not tired. It usually breaks down when you start to get tired and fatigue. That's when you revert back to your old stuff. So in between sets, you don't want to work out. You're trying to rest. Light mobility work to encourage better recruitment patterns. That's
2: an important point to bring up, though, because this used to irritate the shit out of me. And because of the way people were applying it, where it was uh, intense and they were trying to make it more of, I need to be busy. and Like keep, a plyometric thing. Yeah, like keep doing something mm-hmm. or I'm going to add rubber bands in between while I'm resting. Like, you're not resting, bro. You no. know? Uh, so in terms of it it acting as a, a restorative mechanism or it's something that, like, literally I'm trying to condition and teach, uh, you, you know, certain joints to uh, promote better movement going back into the lift, like, I'm
3: all for that. Well, yeah. that that's how you program it. It should complement the exercise you're doing. For example. Do
1: not take away from.
3: I do this all the time. So this is how I squat right now. Uh, I did a lot of work on my ankle mobility and my hip mobility to get to the point where I can ass to grass squat now. And I am now, it's awesome. It's been a year and a half, almost two years of religious work on on the mobility and spending countless hours of, of working towards this. And now it's a beautiful thing. Now I can just get down and pretty much do a quick little warm up and I feel very comfortable in that ass to grass position where I'm not now. So I've now kind of move my way up my body, I'm now really working on my thoracic mobility. So the ability for me to take my shoulders and pull my shoulders back. So when I go into a deep squat, I still have a hard time. You can see my wrist. I have a broken wrist. I have a broken wrist because I don't have the thoracic mobility to pull my shoulder blades all the way back and keep my chest now, high when I'm deep. Now when you say broken wrist, you mean
1: your wrist is bending back. Yes.
3: Yeah. yeah. So oh yeah. So the term so, and you, so and, and anybody who has a really good eye for mechanics will see that and know that. They'll look at the wrist, and I know that that person lacks the shoulder mobility to hold the bar correctly in that. So, it's I mean, we're getting very critical in picking my squat apart, but it's a fact. That's where I'm at right now. I'm, I don't have a perfect squat. It's much better than what it was a year and a half ago. This is an area that I'm trying to address. How I address that, aside from all the other priming and mobility work that I'm trying to do, when I squat – I go over and I do our zone 1 test on the wall between every set. So, and our zone 1 test is me focusing on bringing my head back into that neutral position, pulling my shoulder blades back, and then being able to kind of tuck my tailbone in our in our maps prime. And so I'll do 5 second holds And I'll do that for five reps, and then I'll come back to the squat, and I'll do that. And it makes a world of a difference. I can feel the way I hold the bar. I feel better and better. So, And when I was working on my ankle mobility, it used to be the combat stretch in between every squat. Mm -hmm. So the first step, and this is why we created Maps Prime, and this is a shameless plug, whatever, but this is why we did this, was for you to take the compass at home, take the test, find out all the areas that you fail and, that, and, and use, the, use the compass to allow it to tell you, okay, Adam, you failed zone one and you va- failed so, zone three. Okay, well, here's the mobility and corrective exercises that you need to be doing. Okay, beautiful. Now I have that in my in my tool belt. And now I know what exercises, when I go to do something, where there's going to be a breakdown. Okay, if zone one in MAPS Prime Is the you know upper cross, this rounding of the shoulders forward and the forward head? That's what I'm talking about. If that's my problem, and in our program it tells you specific exercises you should do for that, I'm going to do those exercises between, or do those mobility moves between exercises where that breaks down. In it doesn't make sense. It's not. It doesn't make sense, but it wouldn't be as advantageous for me to do that. Doing leg extensions, right? If I were to be doing leg extensions and then going over and doing zone one test. It's not gonna hurt me, it's still good for you me. You still get some benefit, right. but
1: you're not benefiting the exercise. Right. And no.
3: and why I like to do this and why I like to program this way is it 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 feels good to get the immediate feedback on the work that you just put in. Yeah. You go if you go do a zone one test and then you go now we're talking about performance. Right. And you go do a zone one test and then you go do a leg extension, you're not gonna feel the the improvement on the movement because there's they're disconnected from each other. But if you're doing a barbell back squat where a barbell is on my back that requires good shoulder mobility and I'm working on my shoulder mobility in between sets, I can actually measure the progress. Oh, shit. Wow. When I do that, I feel better. I feel better. And it's very encouraging to keep me going. That is what kept me going on my squat mobility and how I got to where I'm at today.
1: Now, that that also being said, you you do need to give your body time to do nothing also. And yeah. so the way you would typically work this is, let's say, you know, like Adam did a really hard, heavy set of squats. Then he does his priming in between. Then he's probably going to give himself a good 20, 30 seconds of nothing, get into a set. Now, now why is that important? Because you do want to have a period of time where you're doing nothing to get your body to completely replenish its energy stores. And then you can maximize the strength effect from the workout so and I, and I want to make that a point because I think what Justin said earlier is very important people tend to move in between sets and they'll say oh it's mobility or whatever in reality they just don't want to rest they want to keep working and turn their weight workout into a cardio session which then you're not going to get any of the benefits of the resistance training you'll get some cardio in which case you don't need weights for that you can go get on a machine mm-hmm. uh, and, and you know do your cardio there so with that look go to mindpumpfree.com and download any one of our guides for free. Actually, you can download all of them. They cost nothing. You can also find us on Instagram. We have individual pages. My page is Mind Pump Sal, Justin, Mind Pump Justin, and Adam is at Mind Pump Adam.
0: Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com.